Hello, Dom Knight here with another episode of The Double Disillusionists. This time, it's a live event from Giant Dwarf on the 5th of September, all about marriage equality. And to give a sense of the balance included in this podcast, we've decided to call it simply Yes. Along with my co-host, Andrew P. Street, our guests are Brenda McLean and Dee Jefferson. Hope you enjoy it. There'll be another one next month. You can book at giantdwarf.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Double Disillusionists uh, same-sex marriage plebiscite postal survey thingy event. Um, thingy! We don't know what to call it. Please come in and take to a seat. To be fair, that was a more articulate description of it than Matthias Coleman has managed to give it at any point. Um, we're in the comfy chairs tonight, and thank you so much for coming out. This is a great audience, and frankly, because you're here, what this proves is everyone else out there, they're all bigots. Every last one of them. them. Um, I'm Don Knight. This is Andrew P. Street. We'll bring up our guests in in just a moment because uh, we felt that it probably wasn't quite enough tonight to hear only from straight married guys on this question. I know that's an unusual position in the Australian media. Although, well, I was going to say, I feel that it's very representative of the way that the Australian media covers this. Yeah. That I think it's important that straight white men get an opportunity to, to, to really finally dig down into what we think about literally at everything. Yeah. At last! Yeah. I mean, I, Although I, we are being silenced. Endlessly silenced. Yeah, Andrew Bolt yeah. was talking about how I'm... silenced he was on Sky. He was talking about <laughs> how silenced he was in his column, on his blog, um, on the, his radio show. He was being silenced across various media yeah. on a number of channels. In The Australian this week, an article... Um, showcased the plight of young lawyers who feel silenced at work because they can't voice their opposition to same-sex marriage. Not the un-Australian lawyers that help refugees. That's just not be, those ones. Just to be clear. And if you're a lawyer whose job is making cases for things and you can't even convince your colleagues, maybe quit. I'm just thinking maybe that's an approach that could work. So it's been a strange time. It's been an upsetting time. Um, so we, took, we want to take a balanced look at this issue tonight. Uh, and so it's called Yes. We'll also cover Yep, uh, Awesome, About Time, uh-huh. Fuck Yeah. Sure thing. Um, if you're looking totes. for, if you're I think looking we're gonna for cover time for, for no, nah, you're at, you're at the wrong event. So that's, now, that's where we are. That's unfair. I would like to point out that there has been one rock-solid no case that I have seen, and I've been looking, um, and that came from Lyle Shelton. I'm trying to think of... The, Pope. Co- commandant the of, uh, of the Australian Christian lobby, who explained um, on... Now, I can't remember whether it was Insiders or on Sky. It was one of the two. They're so similar. Stone tablets. Stone tablets. That this is a black and white issue for him because if we start endorsing same-sex marriage in Australia, people won't know that Lyle Shelton is heterosexual just because he's married. And I kind of feel like the horse has bolted on that one. Um, it's so, good to know who the real victim in all this is yeah. at long last. But yeah, we should Lyle Shelton's long-suffering wife. <laughs> Tonight, if you want to marry the Sydney Harbour Bridge, get on it. That's fine. If you want to become more than friends with your cycling buddies, uh, a la Kevin Andrews, stick the tongue in. That's what tonight... That was the correct response. ...is tonight. all about. Although I would think that Christians would have more sympathy for blended families, given what happened in Jesus' life. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think they might have a bit more sympathy? 
Anyway, please, uh, it, it is time now to... For 12 men hanging out. <laughs> yep, just as friends, as cycling buddies, if you will. Cycling buddies um, of the New Testament. Please welcome our wonderful guest, Dee Jefferson of Time Out Sydney. She's the National Arts and Culture Editor. Andrew, jump over because Brendan's going to rock out That's at true. the end of the show. And actor, singer, radio presenter, all-round fabulous individual, Brendan McLean. Please come up. Welcome. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having us. Me. I don't know if Dee likes being here yet. I didn't. (laughs) I don't know if I like being here here yet. (laughs) Wait till you hear her name and what she's here to say. I'm excited. And, And I think, basically, just as a symbol of the debate so far, if at any point you raise a finger, any part of your hand, Andrew and I will shut the fuck up. I think that's what we need. Exciting! Wow! Complete veto over us. Wow! You well, that you can use at any time. <laughs> because look, as much as this is the the most simple lay down Mazair rights issue in many many years, um, we should start really with with you guys and how this has affected you, Brendan. Let's let's begin with you. I mean, this this is an interesting thing because for so many years, people have said, "Well, marriage does this actually mean anything?" to you, the gay community. What does it mean to you? Um, I started hosting things like marriage equality marches and writing really poorly worded articles for Mamma Mia for free um, (laughs) as a 19-year-old. And I don't think I knew why I was doing it. I just knew that all the older gay people in, in my life told me that, yeah, that's what we want. We want equality, and equality means you're going to get married, and you, you need to get married. So I started fighting for that. And Mia Friedman's the person... And I went to, so I went directly to Mia Friedman. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, really provided me a platform to spew uh, absolutely misinformed, hopeful articles um, out on the world. And that's what they were. They were hopeful. But I had no idea what... I was fighting for at the time. And so I guess you fast forward a decade, um, still very, very much single. Um, yep. The night is young, my friend. Yeah. And I've written, you know, I've written so many articles and I've marched so many times and I've signed so many petitions and it gets exhausting after a while. And so when it gets brought up again and you are forced to engage with it, um, even if you didn't want to, maybe you woke up and it was the first thing you saw on Facebook and then you went to the cafe and it was being spoken about on the radio and then you get in the cab to the work and it's the cab driver asks you about it and then you talk about it at work and then you listen to the radio and they're talking about you. And then on the way home, people are, are talking about what those people said in the morning and discussing that, and you're never actually a part of it. And then when you finally get home in the afternoon, you see all your friends sharing the no argument because they're all so aghast about it, but it's still there. It's completely unavoidable. And that's what this has been. Una- totally unavoidable. No, let's lock the doors... The no, they can stay outside. Yeah, but it's, been, it's just been exhausting when it started so long ago with a very hopeful little 19-year-old cheering who just wanted people to be happy and so, so much waiting, so much waiting. And, and now I wonder when it finally passes if I'll be happy or it'll just be like, oh, good. <laughs> Because they kept moving the goalposts, don't yeah. they? I mean, the, yeah, absolutely. The, the number of hoops that, that have been added now with the, the postal 
survey that may or may not be legal and great work with the High Court government. Like, maybe determine whether the government's a government before you rule on everyone's lives. Anyway, um, then this, and then they won't even be bound by it, and it just keeps. They're a bit worried that off. it's not going to happen at all now, right? Let's get Dee's answer oh, to that yeah. question as well about, about what this all means. Um, yeah, I, I have been really trying to avoid all of the media coverage of this, um, but it is really hard. Like, you can't really go online without seeing... Like, I had been successfully avoiding it for, like, a week and then went online, and it happened to be, like, when they discovered the poster in Melbourne, uh, I think. And yeah, stop the flags. Y- yeah. yeah. <laughs> stop the flags. Um, and it just got straight in between my armour. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have a very unromantic um, view of marriage, um, but contradictorily, I am affianced. Um, affianced! <laughs> yeah. With, it has to be said, the best proposal I think I've ever seen. True, true. I can it was an amazing proposal. I think we've got a moment to listen to the proposal. Sorry, I think we do. <laughs> I think we do. Oh, God. Okay, all right. So, um, yes. Also, I think it's fine for people to have contradictory feelings about marriage. Just FYI. But yes. Every sitcom I've ever seen, uh, starting with Married with Children, would suggest that that's true. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, just quickly, I, I did do the best marriage proposal ever. Um, my fa- fiance is here and can confirm. Um, I Basically, we met uh, and bonded over cinema and going to films together. And um, so when I decided to uh, do this, I, um, with the help of another friend who is here, um, made a trailer. Um, and it, my proposal was a film trailer. And um, the people at Golden Age very kindly um, let me borrow the cinema. And I pretended there was a movie on that she wanted to see. Um, and I was just such a like ninja. I just like kept it all under wraps and like, and it almost went perfectly. And the story of how it didn't is like one day make a really good um, story club entry because um, some twelve year old. Uh, don't don't audition for other people's shows here. <laughs> Another event at Giant Dwarf on last night. Very good. Sorry, Dee, I you Why won't the they ask me? <laughs> I'll have a quiet word. Um, but, yes, yeah, so, uh, so that we turned up for this thing and, and, in fact, she was walking into a cinema where there were no other people. There was just um, a trailer of my proposal and me um, with a ring um, saying, I'm not getting on my fucking knees, um, but will you marry me? It's beautiful. It was so romantic. <laughs> so much better than straight people. Yes, club! Yeah! I... I want this isn't like a gig. When I, when I say that at my gigs, I'm just like, hey, Sydney! And everyone goes wild. It's podcasts. <laughs> I, I once um, walked into what a, do you cin- yell into at a cinema that was... Oh, we'll, we'll work on that. What do we yell out? Go um, listening! Go listening! <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. Actually, can um, we try that again? Go listening! <laughs> Thank you. This works. The, the one time yeah. in my life I walked into a Stagecraft. cinema with one other person and that was it. It was to see Sex and the City 2. It was a very, very bad decision. <laughs> Did anyone propose to you? During, um, I pro- was it all a very elaborate thing? That's, the, that's so Miranda that you would do. I, I proposed that we leave after about 10 minutes, but we stuck it out. We were reviewing it. Anyway, so there you go. So this is something that, I mean, because the debate happened, I mean, you, you might remember Julia Gillard amongst her many attempts to convince us that she definitely had a traditional view of marriage, um, tried to argue at one point after um, exhausting the notion that her Sunday school values were still there with her as she lived in sin with her partner. Um, she tried to argue that actually marriage was um, a patriarchal institution, it was a, a way of oppressing women and she wanted no part of that. And, um, Dee, from what you're saying, it's, it's very important to you, oh, the idea of being married. 
Oh, well, okay. So I also feel a little bit like it's a patriarchal institution in a way of oppressing women. Um, if you do it right. <laughs> oh, boy. I love you, D. <laughs> Who wouldn't want a piece of that guy? Yeah. Um, yeah, but the first time I thought about it was um, I'd been with my partner for almost 14 years and we were going through... Um, <sighs> <laughs> I'm sorry, don't know 14 what that feels years, like. that's amazing. Um, <laughs> I've been alive levels, for about 14 years, excited. So. Um, but yeah, it, like for most, well, for many people when they talk, they, when they sort of talk about their relationship with marriage, like um, for, you know, people who are gay, like they will have an incident like that involves the legal system or the medical system and that sort of can make a change in the way they feel about it and that's what happened with us because we hadn't really thought of it at all and then we were in a situation where we noticed that um, like my siblings you know, who were married were being treated um, with a different level of like kind of respect and given different access compared to us and we'd been together for like significantly longer um, and yeah that was the point at which we we're like oh like it's all very well to kind of yeah be like oh who cares you know um, we were a lot younger at the time, but it can make a real material difference. And that kind of like started to change the way I thought about it. I, I look at people who... How, how long has this been since we started debating this, Andrew? Uh, well, we changed the law in 2004, and that was because people were starting to mm. say, It was a preemptive hey, strike. Yeah. this marriage thing, we should, we should look at this. Tighten up those So straps. we've been going for, what, 13... 13 a solid 13 years now? Yeah. So on Sunday, uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, he was a journalist, his name was Dean Eastman, um, he died of cancer. And his partner was at his side and, and Dean was 25. And if and all I kept thinking was this dear friend of mine, if he lived here, I would have taken him out on dates and I would have hit on him and I would have tried to, you know, get this little genius to be mine. And, and in those weeks, I, I, thought I, was, I thought I was taking him to a play next week. I had tickets to a play with him next week. And to think that that's happened within this tiny bit of the debate, how many people have missed their chance to share that and to have that forever? How many people have just missed that chance? Yeah, I know a few because people. Because mm. of something that we, you know, oh, I, I know that most people listening to this and everyone in here knows the difference between the, the Irish debate and, and within Australia because of the different rules, but it could have been solved in a day. And, like, I believe that it's the case that this can really affect things like funerals as well, like partners being able to, like, decide oh, what happens. Yeah. yeah. The thing about almost every law is that it only kicks in when something goes wrong. Like, when, if everybody is treating each other well, if everything's going fine, then the law doesn't really apply. It's only, and particularly with, with, with marriage, I mean, at, at, at the risk of it sounding, I mean, what you were saying earlier, Dee, is 100% correct. It's only when, when it's those moments of crisis, like, you know, Somebody is, is, is in hospital. Somebody has died unexpectedly. There are children involved and there's parental rights to be, di to be discussed or, or, or even just that the relationship's over and one person has contributed you know, a house and the other's contributed you know, a lot of unpaid labour and stuff like that. It, it's much, much easier to sort these things out when you're married and when there are precedents in place. 
It's just like, and it also becomes a shorthand. Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. And, it means, and it just means that there's a lot of those hurdles just don't appear. Like, the, you know, if you're, if you're married to somebody and they die, nobody's there going like, eh, not sure. with the lawyers. Yeah, you're going to need to talk to their mum. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, and particularly in those moments, time is so important and emotions are so high. Like, I felt so voiceless during this. I felt that I... I get constantly told at the end of the day how I should feel in response to what has been said to me. You know, even watching 7.30 report, you know, hallelujah, some fucking producer there found a same-sex couple that wasn't for marriage equality. Bravo. So let's give them a whole segment and call it balance. You know, you found one out of 100 people. And so let's give them a whole segment. So then I'm meant to be tuning in to the ABC and thinking, oh, yeah, I, I should accept that that's a reasonable argument because you found one couple where, you know, maybe one guy just didn't want to marry the other one and he's found a really great excuse. But, but Brendan, when the law changes, they're going to have to get married. Um, to Bridges. Point. Each yeah, to, bridges. to a new bridge Each every day. Bridges. Well, I just can't. I can't wait to get this out of the way so I can get on with marrying Rex and having a beautiful time in the doghouse out back, you know. <laughs> we just have real, real arguments that we need to talk about, people. Like well, me is, marrying is, my dog. This is the weird thing, is that it, is that it keeps rolling on. I mean, yeah. I was thinking Q&A... Slippery probably, slope. It's coming up towards... And in, in Eric DeVette's defence, a bridge is a... Sydney Hub bridge is a slope. So it's the first slippery slope argument with an actual slope. Pretty sexy bridge, hey Dom. If you're gonna, if you're gonna have you guys bridge, checked, like, have you guys seen Tom Ugly? It's like, yeah, <laughs> that is a Tom hot ain't bridge. ugly. You know That'll what I'm saying? Straight to the Shire, hot as I grew up in Cronulla. That was hot. I mean, I love getting the shit kicked out of me every day. It was so good. I remember I came home once, and uh, I'm getting sorry. I'm getting very Judith Lucy. Um, <laughs> I'm Judith Lucy. I'm Judith Lucy. This, this is a safe space to be Judith Lucy. Thank that's you, what you want. so much. Today we are all Judith Lucy. Judith Brucey. <laughs> Judith Brucey will be my drag name now. Um, <laughs> but even my parents, I remember, you know, yeah, I, I would quite often get, get the shit kicked out of me at school. And it was hard for my, my parents to understand how that was affecting me. I remember, you know, towards year 11, my mum said something like, oh, is that still getting to you? I saw those seatbelt posters that came out this morning or yesterday, you know, where it's like, the, the, these side, the same side of the seatbelt doesn't click clack together. So, you know, straight people, woo, that works. And I remember seeing that as maybe a 15 year old, but it was, you know, plugs. This is how the plug goes into the wall. And I just thought to myself, oh, we've all been dealing with this every day for decades. We have been dealing with this in little jabs, just little jabs in the side. So do you think, like, someone said to me the other day, um, you know, that the only good thing that they could find about what's going on is that it had kind of brought that up to the surface, like, and it had kind of shown people who didn't think that there was homophobia that it, it exists. Well, it's like. always, it's, you know, it's whenever the minority is being attacked and, and finally that shocking hatred you know, whether it be of, of Jewish people, black people, gay people, women, just women in general, you know, when, 
when that finally overflows and gets mainstream pickup, everyone else goes, oh, I'm so surprised. But I'm not, like, I'm not surprised at all. Do you think anybody has been surprised? No. Though? Like, did anybody like go, so homophobia is a thing? Whoa. It was so farcical from the beginning that it was uh, going to be a respectful debate. No, but I do think people don't understand what the daily, if you don't leave with daily, like... It's being revealed. Yeah, Yeah. how how do you know? Like, I mean, I I found it, like, for the first time I was having a conversation with people saying, oh, yeah, like, so, you know, I would never hold hands in a cab, like, with my partner. And they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, no, I, no. (laughs) Like, and I really think people don't... It's true, you don't really always... You don't always have an opening to talk about things like that if something like this isn't happening. So... But it's, you know, it's not that... You know, I can't engage with it. I'm just so exhausted from doing it for so long that I almost, like, would, wanted to say no to this or just talking about it or tweeting about it or, or anything because I'm just so tired of it being my whole life. I just want to be over. I can't wait until the no campaign is just people you think are bigoted again. They won't have a campaign anymore. I can't wait till same-sex marriage is just marriage. And I won't have to think that... It's those, yeah, that, those hurdles that you don't look for. But I ran straight into them over and over in the past few weeks and just was so exhausted. I, I, found, I saw a really great survey um, that I posted yesterday that, that just gave an opportunity to, to talk about um, if, if it's been exhausting you and how it's been affected. I'm so, so happy that something like that's come out so that we never forget how goddamn exhausting this has been for everyone on the receiving end, for, for whenever it turns into a, to a referendum on someone else, because it will. Like, it'll, it'll move from this to something else. And those people are going to be exhausted as well. I just hope I, like, we all have the energy to be there for them again. Well, there's a helpful indicator in how upset everyone's being on the no, in no campaign about not being able to express their point of view. So, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of upside. It's, it's this, we can't say what we think, we... We feel like the, we're the minority. People are picking on us. It's, it's really unfair. We're, I never know if I want to, like, meet Miranda Devine and Andrew Bolt. Like, I, what, what, what I do to them in person. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if I could contain my excitement. So if you had a couple... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, 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 it is... And I can't imagine what it must have been like to keep having that same... Argument, but also as you've both said, the constant social reminders and every little gesture or moment that that this is a thing and that um, we're not there yet. Can I ask? I mean, I do tend to be unduly optimistic about this. And Andrew will know during the period of doing doing this podcast, I keep hoping things will get better, and and specifically Malcolm Turnbull, and they don't. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I think I think it's time to to let that one go. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I think I don't, my, my I don't yield that point. My yeah. therapist would tell you to let go of that expectation. Yeah, I think even he has. And if, <laughs> if, you, if you love Malcolm Turnbull, set him free. I think even the, the leather jacket's not on site anymore. Um, he was wearing it at the snowy when he was announcing that he might still be planning to have a look into possibly doing the thing that he was already planning on having a look at the thing that he was already going to be doing. Was he getting a new jacket? <laughs> I'm assuming that there's some really good jacket maker up there, sort of in the snowy mountains. It might be the cool. same guy who made. I don't know if you've seen Tony Abbott's little. Uh, little nah, I'm all Talcum. Collarless Talcum Turnbull all the way. Talc, talc is my man. I can't wait and to the meet guys, him. The guy's the MP for Oxford Street. That's the, the extraordinary. But no, but it. I mean, what I was going to say was, 
almost certainly the vote will be yes. It, it seems if it does happen, it may well not happen. Bill Shorten's going um, to pass it anyway. It becomes binding Labor policy if Labor wins, and they're looking very much like winning now. The end, I'm, uh, it's crazy to say this, but it, you know, odds on it seems like within two years we will be there. Do you feel that? This table's made of wood, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Just touching it. And also, beautiful, beautiful, kind of there's plasticky. a mirror, which I'm suspicious um, But does it feel like change is happening? I mean, given, the, given that it does seem to be an increasingly one-sided debate, thank God, how does that feel? It hasn't, doesn't seem real? No, not really. I don't know. I, I think I'm sort of tuning out from that a bit. Like, I'm not... Yeah, I'm just like, just... I, yeah, almost just don't want to engage with the ups and downs of it. But um, I think one thing I worry about is that even though it does seem like there's, like, the Yes campaign is winning, I do really feel like every time you get those um, campaign... Like, the posters and, and the No campaign ads... I feel like it makes it okay for so many other people to say, oh, yeah, you know, that's what I feel too. And, that, like, I feel like it's, it's going to be growing all the time, that part of the debate. It's um, a weird thing, isn't it? Is it? It's okay to say no. It's as though they're a support group for fuckwits. Like, <laughs> let's get together and, and, and hold hands. Well, it, and, is, it is by... And huddle over here, you know, under this rock. That campaign is specifically by the Australian Conservatives and a support group for fuckwits is its slogan. So... <laughs> Can I say, Cory Bernardi's campaign this week, which is that marriage equality could be a rainbow Trojan horse. Now, my niece has I, oh My, my God, Little Pony. Did ponies. you see the poster? It looks it like, like a giant My Little Pony. I'm off to Stonewall. I think, <laughs> and it's like, who's in the rainbow horse? And I'm like, me, bitch! Like Karen Wheatley was saying on Twitter this week, this has to be a thing for Mardi Gras. We've got to have yeah. oh, yeah. at the parade a giant rainbow yeah. Trojan horse. Yeah. It looks fun. Bernardi boys, here to party. <laughs> Bernardi I mean, party. What's going to happen when the law Holy changes? Holy shit, I'm amazing. Yeah. Why aren't you running, running Mardi Gras this year? I, uh, I fought with the Veronicas last year. <laughs> they said I had no humble. That's actually the best and argument I, I've I heard said, back. I really liked your live performance that you did four times at the Arias. But, you know, that's cool. I, I do live performances that I just do once, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, but that's why I'm not allowed at Mardi Gras anymore. I didn't... I thought that was a rhetorical This is also why we're not allowed same-sex marriage. It's my fault. <laughs> well, that's what we wanted to take you to task. Somebody made a pretty good point that it seems like the, 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 the other side of the argument think you can say whatever you want as long as you don't yell or swear. And everything else is is free range to say as long as you say it while you're wearing a tie. Or if you're a concerned mother, down the barrel of a video Yes. Camera. Yeah, if you start something with as a concerned mother, it seems like you can say any horrible thing you want to children, mm. possibly your child, later on in life. My, my child might be forced to acknowledge same-sex relationships in year seven. In year seven. Yeah, and, and you know, of course, all the, all the tying everything to... To safe schools is, is horrifying. But uh, I find it just frustrating and, and what I do is I, I back out of the debate. I, I don't fire up because I don't see a point anymore. I don't know if that's the right or wrong thing to do, but when I see people saying that and when I see people with their it's okay to say no profile picture, I no longer go, oh, I'm going to get them because I don't think it works. Well, actually, I've got a, a slightly... You know, as, a, as a well-meaning... 
um, man, loud, loud, straight white man. Um, possibly a very awkward question where I'm not going to enjoy this answer. When I'm engaged, <laughs> we are leaning in. I mean, just given I mean everything that you've, you've said about how exhausting this is, how it's just it's constant and it's endless, and you never get to escape having your, yourself disgust and having yourself being you know you used as ammunition in this weird sort of culture war is it helpful or is it incredibly fucking annoying when well-meaning straight people like our good selves you know, are constantly on Twitter and on Facebook and with their podcasts inviting people to Giant Dwarf <laughs> make constantly making a big deal about it. I mean, like, do you ever sort of get to the point where it's just like, yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks. Could, no, you, could, no. we, could we argue about Game of Thrones or something No now? way. I think, like, I appreciate, like, I sort of um, was really happy when people started popping up and saying, it's straight people's job to, like, have this fight. And, you know, I have friends, one of them is here, like, who are being very active in campaigning, you know. Um, I think this is all fabulous, like, and also, like, cannot really complain like yes this is a shitty debate but also like there is definitely a part of me that every day is like well we should be so lucky that like our rights are being discussed in such a public way when there are like definitely segments of yeah like um the population indigenous australians who are just not even getting the airtime so like i mean much as this is a crappy time it's sort of like we're still it's a very educational a time for the younger queer generation as well. And, and this is what I meant when I was referencing, you know, little me hosting marriage equality rallies. I didn't know what I was talking about. But I think what having this open discussion and an intelligent discussion and, and amplifying intelligent voices and helpful voices, um, you know, hashtags aren't always helpful, like real conversation is helpful. Um, that's really going to help younger queer kids uh, know that we're thinking about them um, because marriage equality was a pretty lofty idea for me as a teenager. I didn't know why it was important. And I think we've reframed it in a way that just lets everybody know it's actually just about taking one less thing out of your head. One less thing you have to think about. Life is just that little bit easier. That's so important. Does it have a broader meaning then in that sense? I mean, we, we know that in, in Dee's case, marriage is something specifically that she wants to do, but does it symbolise acceptance more broadly, equality more broadly than simply the ability to legally marry? Oh, hell it? yeah. Like, I mean, sure, like, there's definitely a thing that's like, oh, you don't want me to have this thing that you all have? I want that thing. Like, <laughs> like and Wait you... till you find out about straight ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I heard it's just vanilla. That's why I get paid the medium bucks, baby. Yeah, you listening? <laughs> yeah, but of course, yeah, like it, it, it opens up something, and I think that's why I, I, I still, I'll still think the hope part of it is so important. Um, visibility is hope um, when you when you think a little broader about, you know, your script or your, your show and, oh, I didn't write a person of colour into my script. Well, fucking do it. Uh, it's, it's one thing that, that brings the queer community in, 
into the real world, one less thought that, that separates us. And, I, and that's, that just gives people hope. Gives people hope just to know that I'm the same. That's cool. It is interesting, though. I mean, the, the idea that there is a broad social consensus for yes, um, that this is making people upset. And now, I happen to know quite a few ministers of religion who are generally really lovely guys, in some cases very sensitive, but they have been, as have some of my other Christian friends, very upset over the past few years at the notion that they could be bigoted, at the notion that they can say what's in the Bible, people don't care, they don't listen to them, they think it's hateful. And they're, they're feeling on the outer, and that, that feels like a new thing. That feels like a, a consensus that we can actually work with, that I, I wonder if that... I mean, I, obviously, no one being upset, you know, it's a pity that people are upset, I suppose, but um, you can't make an omelette without breaking a few Christian eggs. So <laughs> is, is this in broadly... Which tastes terrible. <laughs> Unlike straight ice cream. The, I mean, okay, it's, it's, it's exhausting, as you've said, but given how far we've come, and Brendan, you've been saying since you were 19, does it feel... Just like last progress. year. Just yeah, last year. I've been, 18 I, months. Yeah, I'm so young. Um, so Troy Sivan young. Um, <laughs> does, does it feel like progress? Of course. Uh, there are so many things I'm not even uh, acknowledging that there was progress on. Uh, the, the wonderful Helen Razor uh, has many articles about there of how much political movement there was without people doing, like, knowing. And it's, and it's wonderful, actually, to look back and see, what is it, the, the, you know, the 82 tax laws that just got passed. They just they worked and they passed them and they didn't require community consensus. That's what, it's almost why I hesitate to do anything with the, the Yes campaign because I just wanted it to be an administrative mm. law change, which it should have been. Yeah. That's actually a really interesting question because, I mean, um, I, I had the view briefly when the plebiscite was being suggested, I was kind of like, why don't we just do this thing, make everyone vote, have no campaigning, do it in about a month, everyone knows what they think, let's just get it done, and then that might actually be a moment of great beauty. I think it just sets a dangerous precedent mm. for the future yeah. Yeah, of, of how many times we're going to call for the public opinion on anything. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Um, and so when I looked at Ireland, I kind of was kind of like, well, that's actually quite a... A, a watershed moment, but you're just which like, was they were constitutional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which yeah, were the I, I know why they've got it, had to do that. But yeah, but it was do positive you. for them. It was, yeah. Do you straight man? I am waving my finger. I am talking. I am a homosexual. I'm busy. Um, yeah, I, 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 look, I, I, I fought with somebody on online from Northern Ireland for like five hours last night for no reason. Um, <laughs> Before, you know, I, I just explained that, that there was a small administrative difference between the two fights. And that's what I get so annoyed at, is when I see all this propaganda that isn't taking in the basic thought that we elected a government to do something and they should do some work. They're not aware of that, to be fair. No, they made a promise <laughs> at the last... Isn't that what they, they constantly cut interviewers off and say? Well, we made a promise... We made a promise it's and we had like to follow that promise. We could forget it if we wanted to, but we're not forgetting we're it for not. the time being. Yeah, but, but the thing is that, as we established in 2014, when the ACT tried to bring in its own marriage laws, the High Court ruled that only the federal government could legislate on this. Like, that there was one way of changing the law, and it was through 
federal legislation. It's right there in the Constitution, right near, right next to where it says Barnaby Joyce should not be in the parliament. Exactly. Also, I, I, read an art- yeah, I read an article like over the last week that was just John Howard, a quote from when he changed it in 2004, going, oh, this should only rest with... Like oh, one hundred percent. Which is which is the precise opposite of what he's saying now. As he goes with Tony Abbott on his "Make Australia Weird Again" <laughs> sort of road trip. Because back I mean, in the nineties, the late nineties, that was a good time for me. Because the other thing, I mean, I, th- I think it's 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 important to remember uh, Tony Abbott's position on this as well. Because um, initially, his position was I'm doing a frowny face for everyone listening at home. <laughs> When Andrew said, I think it's important to listen to Tony Abbott's opinion. Not as big as the frowny face his sister's been doing for about 10 years. <laughs> I, think, I think the wind's changed. Poor old Christine Foster. That's his her sister now. and her housemate. <laughs> oh, sister and her best friend. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Because um, Tony Abbott was a firm believer that it was entirely down to Parliament. And then he was a firm believer when uh, the Greens and David Lanehelm and Labor all introduced uh, same-sex marriage uh, legislation that it was definitely the job of Parliament, but it shouldn't be the job of any one party. And then when uh, two Liberal backbenchers, two Labor uh, MPs, Andrew Wilkie, Kathy McGowan, the Greens, uh, I think that was it. Satan. And Satan. (laughs) Well, that was implied. when there was a, uh, yes, a joint piece of legislation entered in the lower house, which was represented by literally everybody, every party in the lower house, uh, with the exception of Bob Catter and uh, Clive Palmer. And He's be, got a good memory, doesn't he? In, in Clive Palmer's defence, he would have had to have turned up. So, <laughs> um, and at, it was at that point and only at that point that Tony Abbott went, well, really, this is for the community to decide. Yeah, um, that thing I said earlier, the parliament should own this, but not any one party. What I meant was a plebiscite well, this, this of actually, the public. This brings us to, to where we are today. And, and Brendan, you said before, let's talk about what happened today mm. in the High Court. Because this is a very, very weird situation. What happened? What, you, what, cool what you've got is a, a government making the most strange argument for what it's allowed to do, which, and Andrew's checking his phone because he's potentially getting something from the horse's mouth. Just, what just taking time. Check but um, essentially, the, I mean, I'm, I have a law degree, but no knowledge of what it actually is. Um, <laughs> but for, from my understanding, I don't know how I got it. I just I played, turned up and played ping pong. Um, it, it's actually a true story. Anyway, um, that if, if, oh, if the High here. Court um, actually allows this legislation... What that means then is that whenever Parliament's not in session, the Finance Minister can go, oh, this seems urgent and unexpected in my exclusive judgement that can't be reviewed. Let's spend $300 million on it right that's now. That's the sentence that you just... That's can you the say key that, thing. What's the sentence so it's, again? Urgent uh, and unexpected. It's, a, it's about the Finance Minister unforeseen. having the, the, the ability to make um, urgent and unforeseen uh, expenditure, basically. And... Um, yeah, the Finance Minister has a slush fund which he can dip into without parliamentary approval, is the idea. And, and the strange thing about that is that... The, the Are you allowed to say that? Are we slush. on the ABC? I guess we'll find out. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> we can be non-partisan here. It's urgent and, and unforeseen need to sue Andrew Peastrap. <laughs> um, and no, but the weird thing about this is that... I mean, I've just been like trying I've to process got anything. this. If it's upheld, the, the question is whether, whether you can re- judicially review the... Na- 
the idea that it's urgent and unforeseen. That's what they're arguing about, about today. But then if the government's argument is upheld and it's entirely up to the finance minister, then basically the finance minister can do whatever they want um, whenever parliament's not in session. He becomes king. As long as it's less than $300 million, which is quite a lot. So that would be a very weird precedent and, it, and a hugely radical, not at all conservative precedent, which goes to show what Andrew is saying about um, the Liberal Party tending to be very radical when it wants to do something. But now I'm kind of scared that it's like we're not... Like if it gets turned down, I won't get my chance to tick the yes box, which I want to do. But is it good if it gets turned down and will they do anything? Like that's now my worry, you know, is if, if the High Court turns it down, that I'm like, oh, I was all excited to tick yes. Well, but the thing is it's not... It, the other question is whether it's actually a valid statistical exercise. And there's a million aspects of this because it's not actually even asking the, the, AB, the ABS to work out what people's views are on marriage equality because if it did that, it would have to adjust that in terms of who's actually voting and so that it was age balanced and all that kind of stuff. As uh, listeners to the podcast would have uh, learned in the last episode with <laughs> essential, uh, essential researchers, Rebecca Huntley. Yeah, to go back and listen to that evergreen piece of audio. Um, so, yeah, it's, there are all kinds of questions to be, to be asked, but then when you get to the end of it, I mean, you're saying that you wanted the chance to, to vote yes, but because it's the post which only old people use I'm now, not really voting, Is there I? a chance that, in fact, Giving it my could be a no, even though every kind of, poll says it's a yes? I think the sad thing is there's no good outcome now. They've kind of they've ruined the chance of it going back to Parliament and people accepting that because people are now going to be like... We thought we were going to have our say, you know. Like, what? what the majority is... do want a vote. It's true. So, what is the ideal outcome now? A giant fireball, I think. <laughs> <laughs> is that when I break into song to fix the mood? We're going to get you to do it at the end of the show. We might, we might need you to do it before the break. Yeah, and, just and breaking the depression at, the at all times. Yeah, because it's been a bit of a downer, but that's where we are. That's why we wanted a, an honest downer of a night because that's how we all feel. Um, <laughs> welcome. Um, Donna! But look, there is certainly, there is the renegade group that may decide to have another crack at passing a private members bill if, yeah, it, the, it if could, this gets knocked out. I mean, there, there are a couple of, of possible outcomes. I, I, for whatever it's worth, because as you can see, constitutional law expert, which is... Nice shirt, though. You. It's my constitutional <laughs> law shirt. Um, it's part red and part blue, just like the Australian polity. Um, I think there's a really, really good chance that, I'm glad that this that is. That word got a laugh. Yeah. It deserved it. People love polity jokes. What can I say? Um, I, I think there's a very good chance that it's going to get knocked down tomorrow. And, um, really? Uh, yeah, because. Because I really value your Facebook status updates. Thank you very much. And when you say stuff, I'm like, like. Couldn't we have just resolved this whole question via Facebook update? Yeah. Like or bigot? Just choose. <laughs> Smiley face, angry face. Or just write congrats and let the whole screen go like that. Um, Did you know that if you're on, on Messenger and you post the little um, the, the, the snowboarder emoji that does a little icicle animation? Really? Yeah, there you go. There we go. That's you go. why you listen to the podcast and come yeah. to the live events. Yeah, and Gems also if you like hit that, if you I've hit Control Apple Spacebar, <laughs> it comes up with the whole emoji panel so that you can put an emoji while oh. you're typing online. What on do Twitter. we do to get a giant rainbow Trojan horse right up in there? Oh my god, Bernardi party. 
We brought it back. That's called shelving in comedy. <laughs> so, yeah, something else is called shelving too, isn't it? Um, Houseofair.info. Thank you. <laughs> That's a reference to Brendan's highly explicit video, which you all are obliged to watch as a result of being here. Give him money. Give him hits. That's, that's what we're talking about. Somebody gets fisted. So let, let's get... <laughs> and I got it's tapped. true. And so... It's airing at Rain someone Dance gets in, in fist, a week. Someone gets fisted, Brennan gets royalties, everyone wins. Yeah. I'm um, watching... Wish, wish, how do you say his name? Sean Bean? Seen Bean? Um, What's his name? I think it's pronounced Sean Bean. Sam Bean. He's going to watch me get pooped on. Isn't Ned, that exciting? Ned Stark. Yeah. Ned, Ned Stark's up for that. At Rain Dance next week. It's going to be great. In front of like... Piccadilly Square or whatever it is, Piccadilly Triangle, I don't know what it, whatever geometry it is. Some shape. Everyone's gonna get like gonna watch me get shot on. And I feel like despite what we've talked about so far, you're gonna win in the end, Brendan. Yeah. You're gonna win in the end. Well, you know, when I was getting pooped on, I was thinking about like little me. I noticed a theme in the last like, like, ninety seconds. Poop. Poop. Or just me. Just like me, me getting attention. <laughs> me getting attention is, is generally the theme of podcast. So D, anyway. The... <laughs> But, you know, like, that, that was the point of making such an explicit thing as a queer artist because you so often feel silenced that I was like, well, you know, if Triple J won't listen to me, if the ABC won't talk to me, if, the, like, Channel 10 won't look at me, if commercial radio won't look at me, I'm going to literally get someone to shit on my head so you will listen to my fucking opinion. And I did. Um, and look at you now, you're here. Yeah. Exactly. We, we, we heard the call. I know, you did hear the call. I feel like I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. It's been so lovely. We do this every month. Um, but there's no better way to, to finish the night than a song from Brendan that's going to ah, rip out that. your heart, rip out your guts, and leave you feeling that there is no future. But I was thinking about, you know, what we are going to actually discuss law-wise law next, and it's clearly going to be weed, right? Yeah. Like, that's what I was thinking. Are we going to move on to the weed argument in Australia anytime soon? The we? The weed. The weed. Marriage I thought you said we. I don't no, I'm not worried about Nintendo way. here. Ah, this song's called uh, Hugs, Not Drugs, or both if they're available. <laughs> I look myself in the eye and wonder when I look myself in the eye and wonder when Am I getting it together? Lord, it's been forever since it felt right I look myself in the eye and wonder when I call my mother and father and a friend Cause they've got it all together Lord, it's been forever since it felt right We want hugs, not drugs, or both If it's available, I'll take two And you, under the table, let's Both get drunk and forget the rest, yeah I look myself in the eye and wonder when I look myself up online and I pretend That my thoughts are pretty clever Photos looking better in a red light Premeditated, debated, bitter ends I get distracted and then I start again Have you got it all together? Lord, it's been forever since it felt right we want hugs, not drugs, or both If it's available, I'll take two And you under the table, let's both get drunk And forget the rest, yeah We want hugs, not drugs, or both If it's available, I'll take two And you under the table, let's both get drunk And forget the rest, yeah
Drunken text all of our exes It's this that perplexes I've really got my shit down I've really got my shit down I've really got my shit down, down, down I went down I've really got my shit down I've really got my shit down I've really got my shit down, down, down We wanna hug, not drugs above If it's available, I'll take two And you under the table, let's both get drunk before get the rest, yeah Yeah We wanna hug, not drugs above If it's available, I'll take two under the table, it's both Get drunk and fall Get the rest, yeah Yeah Oh I've really got my shit down I've really got my shit down I've really got my shit down Thank you so much. See you in a month.